Originally a cheap, plentiful, and man-made substitute for ivory, celluloid, one of the earliest of plastics, made its way into the manufacture of novelties. But it had one serious defect. It could burn. Welcome to the Kill It With Fire podcast, where each episode, a group of creative practitioners and academics from different disciplines, takes a look at cult, neglected or overlooked motion pictures in the last few decades of celluloid, when movies were films. At a high school where the students major in arson, extortion and assault, the new principal and the head of security just might be crazy enough to turn things around. That's a rather waffly tagline for the film that we're going to look at today, or talk about today, which is Christopher Kane's The Principal from 1987. Um, do you want to introduce yourself, Peter? Uh, hello, my name's Peter True. And I'm Paul, the Principal Lewis. Um, you should have said <laughs> Peter Principal. L Principal. You should have said Peter, Head of Security, I think. Yes. Although, I don't know, I'd rather, I'd rather have you the role, I think. Um, so, the Principal. Uh, principal's about a uh, Mick Latimer, James Belushi, who's uh, after beating up his wife's ex wife, sorry, uh, divorce lawyer, divorce attorney, with a baseball bat and well, trashing his car and getting in trouble with the cops, he's sent to a uh, a, a, a rough. Oh, it confuses me, you know, when you watch these American films, because their public schools are our state schools, aren't they? So a rough state school, public school, um, uh, where he uh, takes the role of principal. Um, he's expected, isn't he, to uh, 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 have a short tenure, um, as the, uh, I think we can probably sympathise with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a private joke. Uh, he's expected to have a short, short tenure, um, and uh, not last long in the role, but he, he he invests himself in it, doesn't he? Because he's he's already proven in the opening scene that he's a bit school of hard knocks type, isn't he? You know, um, that's one of my problems with this, and we'll come back to that. Is Belushi being sort of believable in that role? I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll debate that. Um, but at the school, he uh, makes friends with the uh, head of security, played by Louis Gossett Jr. That's Jake Phillips. And finds that the school is uh, under the thrall of a drug dealer that's recruiting the kids to uh, push, pedal, pedal his wares. That's the character Victor Duncan, played by Michael Wright. Um, along the way, uh, he forms a, a sort of a friendship, a reluctant friendship at the start with Miss Avosco, a character played by Ray Dawn Chung, who's a, appears to be a history teacher, I think, doesn't she? That's, that's, when he covers a class, he's teaching history, isn't he? Um, especially after she's assaulted in the classroom by a character called White Zack, who is white. Mm. <laughs> That's the name, the clue's in the title. Um, but he also takes on a paternal role to a, another student called uh, Emil, who's nicknamed Baby Emil by Troy Winbush. And the whole thing brings to a, builds to a climax, a climactic confrontation between Latimer and Victor Duncan and White Zack at the same time, uh, uh, which we'll probably talk about that later. Um, so yeah, it's one of those uh, uh, American sort of eighties uh, mi- mixture of, of high, high school hijinks, blackboard jungle, you know, high school confidential type picture um, to say with love, you know, about inspirational teachers and so on and so forth. Up the down staircase, that's another good uh, film about American schools. Um, but it's a, a mixture of that and sort of Death Wish style, you know, vigilante gang revenge yeah. fantasy. Um, First encounters with this. When when did you first see the principal, Peter? Uh, this week. This week. <laughs> <laughs> um, my first encounter with the principal was I think I think it was on late night ITV. I think in the early nineties. Um, 
I don't know what year, 1990, 1990, 
not unusual for them. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's centred mainly around the, the levels of violence in the film. Um, one sort of saying that they really enjoyed it, they thought it had a lot to offer, and the other saying how it was a mismatch of comedy and, um, as they say, significant levels of violence. Um, I mean, I know you've already touched upon that maybe, you know, for the time. And, you know, there are those moments. There's obviously the assault. And then when the kid sort of gets pushed through the sky The skylight, Emil, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and that seems to come up a lot in, in comments, you know, even just online comments um, about the film. I think um, as well, when you you look back on films of the 80s, and you think of Death Wish 2 and you think of Death Wish 3 and, and you think... You think of those, well, the predecessor to this, you've got Class of 1984, which is again is a high school set film with a teacher that comes in. It's a, you know, there's a youth gang and 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 ensuant vigilantism from the teacher. And you think about how casual, I'd not to get on my high horse about it, but how casual, you know, the, the writers of these often threw in a sexual assault as a as a mm. plot point. And, and, and it does feel like the, 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 the goofiness in this. James Belushi stuff feels really jarring against. I mean, like I said earlier, the mont the strafe the montage with strafe set it off, which could come out of some sort of documentary, you know, some poetic documentary of the era. And then you've got Baby Emil being thrown through the skylight and uh, with a noose around his neck. And then you've got um, you know the sexual assault of the school teacher Radon Chung's character, and, and and all of these things feel very uncomfortable to watch amidst the Jim Belushi doing like, you know, and, and even. There's a scene at the climax where he, Jim Belushi's hiding in, I think it's the shower room, isn't it? And he's mm. sort of go, they're going from stall to stall, and and uh, uh, there's there's both Victor Duncan and White Zack wanting to wanting his blood at that point, and uh, um, Belushi's sort of hiding in one of these shower stalls, and he hears Duncan's got a revolver, hasn't he? Was it one of his henchmen's got a And he hears the cocking of the revolver. You know, somebody's cheating, like. <laughs> And the, the, these these quips that that, that you know, the, the 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 kind of the might work in an eighties action movie, but in in this 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 film, it, it it just feels like a weird. So I can sort of agree with that that criticism. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I sort of thought it's kind of like a, a mixture between sort of Harry Brown. Uh, meets meatballs, meets Dead Poet Society, with that sort of slight, yeah. you know, th multiple sort of tones in it, you know, coming through. Um, and I think that, f from the comments about it, that that seemed to be the the biggest uh, division. Um, but like you say, with uh, Belushi, you know, it's almost like a lesser version of of some of the films where Bill Murray's in, and there's an obvious in influence of Bill Murray being in the film. Yeah, that kind yeah. of flavours it and it's almost as if there's a slight sort of version of that going on yeah the influences of other action films and things going on at the time because i think this was just on the cusp as well where belushi became a, a bigger star was i mean i know he'd had feature roles before but the year after this there was red heat and i think um was it this, the, the same year as red heat or the year after k9 and and so belushi's persona was becoming a, a a marketable thing i think at the point when the principal was was uh uh, was made uh, and, produ uh, and produced and distributed. A couple of reviews that I found, there's a review by Walter Goodman in the New York Times who says that, and I think, I, again, this 
I would agree with this. It says that Belushi can't make Latimer believable, but brings Snap to the role. I think that's fair enough. Mm. I think it's hard to buy Latimer as a sort of a, a, a an authentic, dramatic portrayal of of this teacher or principal pushed to the brink. But it it, it fits with Belushi's sort of snappy screen persona. That makes sense. And there's a review from uh, the Washington Post by Hal Hinson who says that Latimer is do you remember Walking Tall with Buford Pusser with the um the two by four vigilante film from the seventies based on a real figure wasn't it I think but uh, what I think he's referring to Walking Tall and Bu- this character Buford Pusser uh, with the, with the, t- the two by four with the image of um, uh, Latimer with a baseball bat because he goes through the movie with a baseball bat and a pair mm-hmm. of binoculars doesn't he this is this is a weird yeah I come to that later <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of paraphernalia for a teacher to have. But uh, Hal Hinton said Latimer is Buford Pusser gone to high school and he called the film a gritty comedy quote about urban realities. Which sounds like a bit of an oxymoron, that, doesn't it? A bit of a paradox, rather. Um, and he also talks in his review about, and I'm quoting, sociological chin music, which he says is nothing more than, quote, an elaborate justification for Rick to whip out the Louisville slugger and womp down on some <laughs> minority types. Plain and simple, this is a racist movie. And he goes on to say, doesn't it bother anyone that the school is a zoo until the white guy shows up? And I think he's got a valid point there. I mean, this is this is a, a, <coughs> excuse me, a, a sort of gang movies where they either went one way or the other, didn't they? You know, you either had these weird multi-ethnic gangs like in... Uh, Death Wish 2, where, you know, there's, it's sort of equal opportunities hiring for scumbags. You know, where you make sure you've got, like, different groups. Uh, so you're not singling one out and saying, you, 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 you're, you're, a, you're, you're a group of uh, scrouts. Um, or, alternatively, you go the other way and have, like, uh, gangs that are uh, sort of drawn along ethnic lines. That seems to be the case of American films, at least, you know, where you've got sort of specific ethnic groups as gangs. And the principal's kind of got that, hasn't it? Because you've got the Latino kids that 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 work in the they're doing um, like a, a mechanics class. That always boggles my mind as well. American schools have mechanics class and <laughs> learn to drive and things like that, crazy things. Um, but um, uh, they've got a mechanics class, and, and when Victor Duncan trashes um, uh, Latimer's uh, Belushi's motorbike, that these Latino kids do sort of look up to him. They're, they're, they're getting a bit of respect for him. They fix his bike together and might. L principal on the gas tank, don't they? On his on his helmet, helmet. <clears throat> so you've got this sort of, but instead of having the equal ops gang thing that you see in Death Wish Two, this one's got obviously Victor Duncan, who's uh, uh, black, and then you've got Zach, who's white because he's called White Zach. <laughs> you know? So you've got <laughs> two two bad guys really, both from different ethnic backgrounds, and um, I I don't think you can hide the fact that really you know it does feel like. You know the white saviour coming in and and saving the school. I don't know how you feel about that, Peter. I don't feel like I'm not an authority to talk about these things. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you've got the chief of security and Louis. Yeah, the Louis Gossett Junior character is really interesting because yeah. it's it's sort of implied in the script that he's he's a local, is he? I think. Does he say mm, yeah, he's yeah. from that school at one yeah, point? He, yeah. he, he grew up he through that. His knee out and... Yeah, I feel more of a, sort of affinity with him than with with Latimer because you know in my teaching role I've always sort of taught where I've grew up but you know I'm not one of these like principals that just drift in and drift out and, yeah. and move around and people expect them to go and disappear into the ether not mentioning anything that uh, I'm going to stop talking about that. <laughs> well a lot of the um, the other thing that came up in discussions about the film including Siskel and Albert was 
Um, a lot of comments on the underuse of um, um, Louis Set. Yeah. Um, I I quite like that balance because he's sort of on you know he's ever he's he's got that ever present feel. Um, and he's got the cynicism to balance. I mean, yeah. Latimer's cynical, but Louis Gossett Jr. sort of looks at hey, you. Think and you're going to change things around here, son? He's got yeah, that and I think he, I think he comes in at the right points mm. to highlight the changes and to recognise the changes in the principal. And so I, I think that balance is. It shouldn't be a a buddy movie no, between no. the two. Um, but I think there were some comments that he's sort of underused, and that there was a lot of disappointment in that with the film. Yeah, um, but I mean. Going back to that that mixture of violence and comedy, there was in in the Siskel and Elbert um, review, there was a lot of comments like a, almost a conspiracy theory, a bit like that um, the musical that they pretended wasn't a musical, um, the barber shop thing with uh, Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, there. Sweeney Todd. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a lot of. Um, comments on uh, there are scenes that they don't want you to see. So they were they were talking about the trailer that's or the clips that were provided to them to to put in the review, and they were saying, oh well, you know, absent, notably absent from those clips are the scenes they don't want you to see, um, and they were very heavily implying or stating that the studio was trying to hide it from people that it was such a violent film. Yeah. Um, so there's that sense that they were almost making two films, um, some that they could put in trailers and then some that that were grittier or you know for whatever reason. Yeah, like so, being the servant of two masters yeah. and having two different th- aspects of marketing, so the, the, the wacky sort of Jim Belushi yeah. thing and then the gritty sort of violent death wish in a, in a high school thing. Yeah, that that that, that kind of makes sense. And, uh, I mean, I honestly can't remember how this was marketed over here, Um you know, I could just refer to you know the trailers and stuff that we've seen, but uh, I don't remember the original release. But uh, but yeah, that 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 probably makes sense when you look at the picture. I mean, certainly it does fit into that that paradigm of films about schools and, and school teachers, um, and I don't mean carry on teacher, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, like I said, high school confidential, blackboard jungles to say with love up the down staircase. But there was a a spate in the eighties, was there not of, of of films of this ilk that 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 were a bit more uh, gritty, gang oriented, I suppose. There was that film Teachers with Nick Nolte in the eighty four, which um, uh, sort of head, headed in that direction. Of course, there was class on class of nineteen eighty four in eighty four, which is more out and out vigilante action, followed by. The board sequel by Mark Lester. Well, that was directed by Mark Lester as well, but the class of 1999 with Stacey Keach and Malcolm McDowell. So, sort of sci-fi, high school, you know, hijinks with robots. That I think Pam Greer plays a like a robot teacher that, um, you know, puts down some wayward students. Um, and Malcolm McDowell was in that. Well, that's, Malcolm that's McDowell did it and Stacey Keach. <laughs> Stacey Keach has got like a, a one... Uh, uh, like a um, um, contact lens to change the colour of, of one of his eyes and the ponytail in that one's weird, weird film. Um, Lean on Me with um, Morgan Freeman in Lean, Lean on Me, wasn't it? Another principal authoritarian principal coming in and setting the school straight. That was a really good film, Lean on Me. Uh, the Substitute with Tom Berenger, which is similar to this. A teacher comes in and sorts out the rough kids. And I think there were like new, I don't know how many sequels there are to the substitute. I'm sure I saw an advert for the substitute five on some you know a streaming service the other week, but I've only seen a couple of those. Um, 
a bit later on, you had Dead Poet Society, like you say, which is a slightly different milieu. Dangerous Minds in the 90s with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Gangster's Paradise, that one. Mm. Uh, 187 with um, Samuel L. Jackson, which I think was written by a teacher that worked in high schools, wasn't it, I think? Mm. Had a ring of authenticity to that, 187, I like that. Um, there was Detention with uh, Dolph Lundgren, where he's sort of special ops soldier that goes in undercover in a high school. That was a bit weird. Um, and then more recently, there's Tony Kaye's Detachment with Adrian Brody, which I really like, and I know it had a trouble production, but um, anchored by um, this sort of central performance by Adrian Brody. Um, that's quite a fascinating movie. But yeah, I mean, you watch these movies, and I watch it as a cultural outsider, and you think, I, I want my kids going to an American high school. <laughs> eyebrows were raised by picture on the other side of the table um, and that's, that's not to mention the school the school set slashers like Night School and slasher movies Hell High, that's an interesting movie from the same year this came out I think Hell High um, about a group of kids that they uh, decide to high school kids they decide to play a prank or like terror, terrorise this female teacher that they don't like very much but she's got a dark secret in the past. And it's sort of, it's a slasher movie, but it's, bit, it's not your usual one of the male slasher movie. Really good film, that one. Um, but yeah, there's, there was this sort of trend, I think, in the 80s and the 90s about vigilante teachers battling against wayward criminal students, which sort of evolved in the in the mid to late 90s in Dangerous Minds and 187. Instead of beating these kids around the head with a baseball bat, they, they used words. <laughs> they talked to them about the problems and, and you know, tried to resolve the, the issues that way. Um but uh, but certainly, I think like the, the most immediate reference point for me is is uh, or the most immediate contemporary is Lean on Me with uh, Morgan Freeman. You know, where you've got strong-willed men, male characters that are tasked with taking over in the city schools. Dangerous Minds maybe stands apart from that because it's a female character, isn't it, Michelle Pfeiffer? And then in between, you've got stuff like Freedom Writers and so on, haven't you? You know, with um, Hilary Swank, where she goes into that school and teaches kids creative writing, doesn't she? I think, mm. as I recall. Um, yeah, and I suppose that's a little bit like renounce, renounce, what, what's that? Renounce, 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 man. Yeah, military. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but let's talk about Rick Latimer. Why not? Uh, and Latimer's this. This is a character that uh, I mentioned to you before, Peter. We did a, a, a recording about Abraxas, mm. Guardian of mm. the Universe, with Jesse Ventura a while back. And if you remember from that film, it might have you know faded in your memory. Mm. <clears throat> but there's a, a sequence where there's a principal of the high school and it's Rick Latimer and it's James Belushi as Principal Latimer and it's the same character as the principal. And then when we watched The Guardians, uh, uh, Abraxas Guardians of the Universe, um, and, we, and we talked about that, I got quite excited. About <laughs> that, cause that, that inspired me to watch The Principal again. I thought, yeah, then watch The Principal again. But... Um, mm. Yeah, what do you think about Rick Latimer? Well, um, as a professional educationalist. Well, th- this is the thing. I mean, he's 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 looking at his the, ethics. He's looking at the legs through, look, through Looking at the legs. Yeah, <laughs> looking at the legs of a female student. Yeah, it's through he's binoculars. Upscared, a female is, student. Yeah, um, which, which comes through to the end, um, interestingly. But but so so the binoculars motif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's presenting that, which is uh, looking at that. So oh no, that's that's not good. Just but just to interrupt you there slightly, the binoculars thing. thing reminded me 
And I don't know what it is. It's the authority figure and the binoculars and the sleaziness of it. Of Salo, Pierre Paolo Pasolini's Salo, you know, at the end where they're watching the torture of the youth through the binoculars. Oh, right. I, I, I was thinking more... Um... I don't think that was an, an, an intentional reference point, but it just made me think of that. I was thinking more Stripes. Was it Stripes? Where Stripe, dropped, that's yeah. probably that was what I was thinking of. I don't think yeah, I think... So it, it is that. It, it's that casual sort of sexiness of... You know, voyeurism, and it's just sort of played for last. That's but, it's disgusting, though. Look at it. But he's but he's a decent guy because he does tell that student decent I, guy I, that looks up female student yes, skirts. But, <laughs> but he does say he says, he says to one of his female. I don't know if it's the same female student, but she's like, uh, wear a bra. You know, you're not. I'm not going to change your. It's your a parental interest. Isn't it? So it's like you know. Um, so so yes, he, he will look. But he won't let it in, in, interfere with his professional career because, you know, he's it's not a, willing to change his... It's a disapproving look. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what... Um, I've probably got it in my notes, but I can't remember I can't remember what he says when he does that because he he, there's a bit of an aside, isn't there? Okay, I've just I've just written next to it, classroom, Rick looks at a female student's legs through binoculars and I've written a box around this, pervy. <laughs> that, that was my thoughts about it. Pervy with morals, it seems. Pervy, probably with good intentions, but yeah. uh, you know, I think I think probably, you know, in in and this is one of those things that doesn't doesn't travel well. I think we look at it today and we think Me Too, don't we? We think you know, post Me Too era, we think that's what well, that's not good. But um, it, I don't think it was very good in nineteen eighty seven, to be honest. But um, it's a it's a Belushi moment, isn't it? Yeah. I think. I mean, I sort of trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. Um, you you could argue it's sort of one of the most uh, creative sort of attempts at a circular narrative character development because you know there he was using the binoculars to perv and be an inappropriate teacher at the beginning then at the end he's using his binoculars to you know defend the school and be a right do the right thing. Well, the opening scene sets up his use of the baseball bat, doesn't it? Attacking his wife's ex-wife's diver- divorce mm. attorney or trashing yeah, his yeah, car yeah. with it. So, you know, the binoculars and the, and the baseball bat carry through the whole yeah. of Rick's career. Well, I, I wondered if, um, you know, did, did did they did they think, of the, oh, we need him to be looking at, through binoculars at the end to, to point out. How can we get him to... Let's just, work the binoculars into the plot. How can we justify that he's, got, that he's yeah. got yeah, binoculars in his desk? Oh, I know, let's just get him looking up Girl Girl <laughs> <laughs> or, or introduce that he's a, an avid bird watcher or something at some point. But uh, both of those devices, they do feel like clumsy Chekhov's guns, don't mm, they? Like, yeah. let's crowbar the baseball yeah. down there. Um, I mean, the other thing about it, he's a raging alcoholic, I think, isn't he? We, we first see him in the bar, hammered, uh, and his, his, his ex-wife comes in with her attorney. and yeah. I don't know whether he's correcting his assumption that they've been having an affair, because he, he believes that the attorney's affair... Mm. With his ex-wife was why the divorce took place, and that's why he uses a baseball bat. Um, and I love that moment when the cop arrives on the scene and he asks that Latimer his occupation, and like and Rick says, school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, oh, that's a that's a that's a an atypical school teacher. That 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 the school teacher that breaks the mould, mm. because the school teacher and this has to be an action hero. It's the era of the action heroes, isn't it? It's well, the era it, of Steve it did make me think as well with that the the shower scene and everything. Um, not not that kind of show scene. When they're chasing him yeah, through yeah, the stalls, yeah. yeah. Um, it did make me think about that that era of films and then how a I don't know if he was middle aged, but he's got that middle aged sort of era about him. It's certainly unfit white guy can all of a sudden be an action hero because yeah. you know, and, and can beat up these athletic young kids and, yeah. and all this sort of thing. 
Yeah, it, it, it's uh, yeah the, the believability of that's a bit um, uh, I, 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 maybe because they were on the drugs. Yeah, I mean that it it raised that idea. I suppose that you vocalised in terms of the white man coming in. So it's that sense in uh, American sense that even an out of shape white guy can come in and just solve it. Sort these yeah, wayward, yeah. yeah. Um, there, there was also a um, a cringing sort of moment um, of the of the white man call "Give me five too slow." I don't know if that's aged just because of the time and, and whether it ever was really cool. But he, he's on, he's sat on his motorbike he bike cool. yeah. and he's like, "Give me five high, low, all too slow." I don't know if that was genuinely cool at any point. Well, speaking <laughs> of the the, the the alcoholism, there's a, a later scene, isn't there, when um, when when Baby Emil yes. he's found yeah. the body and he, he sort of goes to the bargain booth and, and it cuts to he's, he's, he's hammered again and he's on his motorcycle. You know, and he, again, this scene, this all seems very highly irresponsible behaviour from you know a, a, a figure of. Uh, um, I don't know if you're supposed to believe that's an ellipsis. And there's a, well, yeah, a I mean, that's got, common, he's sobered up. It's, it's like bad coffee cup acting, and it when people have got coffee cups that are obviously empty. It's a it's a recurring thing in films where someone's hammered at one point, and then instantly, because the plot requires it, they're they're sober and and ready for action. Yeah, I mean, I, I think going back to what we were saying about the you know the the, the white savior trope in this, and at the start of the film when he, he goes to the the new school when he's given that position as principal, does that that journey from the suburbs to where he lives to the inner city, and there's more of a more non-white faces as well. It, it, I mean, it does reinforce that that uh, comment that the Hal Hinson said about it. This film being quite deeply racist. You know, and he, he ends up at the new school and it looks like a prison, doesn't it? It's got mm. these sort of high chicken wire fences and graffiti chicken all over wire. it. And, um, I mean, and it's all very territorial as well, isn't it? Like Victor Duncan says at one point to Mick, he says, this is my school, you know, and, and uh, uh, it, then it becomes a battle, like a territorial battle between Victor Duncan and, and Mick to assert the sort of authority over... Over yeah, he says this is my this school here is my school and I make the rules. And Mick says not anymore, and uh, you know and it, it's uh, and, and and that we mentioned it the other day when we were talking about it, but that existential point where he says no more and that mm, line mm. crops up, mm. you know uh, uh, that sort of existential point where you, you, we say the existential no no further than this, and it crops up at the end when he beats Duncan in a fist fight and he said he, 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 he as you say it's quite you know this this flabby middle-aged <laughs> white guy beating you know uh this young i don't know if victor duncan's a student or whether he just hangs around the school i can't quite work that out but uh but it's certainly best your best duncan in the fist fight and he says no more again doesn't he so that again mm. it's that, that 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 repetition within the script that you know there seem to be aiming for resonance but it doesn't it doesn't quite hit i don't think um so and also, Mick's moral conscience, as well, you know that he develops as he's a, as he takes that role. Yeah, I mean it's quite shorthanded, isn't it? I mean he's got the at first he's looking through the, the classified ads, isn't he? And and the security guy picks him up on that. And they know? all expect him to move on. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And then but then he realizes he can't move on because that's the school. No one. Leaves even even the staff can't leave. Well, one of the That's kids the tells him gar- yeah, yeah. garbage garbage never because he, he chases this kid into the uh, basketball gym or whatever you call it, and the kid turns around and tells him garbage never leaves the dump man. They ain't gonna leave. 
He's talking about the other kids, and neither will you. And mm. that's the turning point, I mm. think, for Rick, isn't so, it? So is it, you know, what causes his moral sort of change? Is it just the fact that he's trapped, or I suppose it, is it all, necessity all turns or... out all right in the end? Yeah, know? yeah. Um, and and, and, and he, he does get a bit lectury, I think, doesn't he, with his colleagues at that point or mm. after that. Uh, there's a point where he turns on, uh, the, the teachers are all a bit sort of wet well, lettuces out yeah. there. Oh, we just let the kids turn up when they want to. And if they don't want to turn up, it's not a problem, you know. Sorry, Pete, you was going to say something. No, no, I just agree. And, you know, he unreasonably expects the teachers to turn up and teach the kids. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and and one, uh, uh, they're arguing, and he says, Rick says to them, come on, people. He says, you can't pick and choose your students. You can't just teach the easy ones and throw the rest in the garbage. It's all a bit very right on, isn't it? Mm. Very sort of lectury. And later on, he says, uh, this is all I got. This is it. I want to make a school out of mm. this place. Well, it is a school, Vic. It's just a failing school <laughs> at the time, but it's still a school. Um, sorry, Pete. Was well, no, I, I just don't understand when the principal, as a job role, became like the, the sheriff of a of a western town. Because like, when, when he comes in and he sees that ruckus happening and he just chases them on his bike and steps in and, and his authority is, I'm the principal. Like... What? <laughs> I like, it's like making, making a citizen arrest and I'm a lollipop guy. You know, what's, what's going on? Well, I mean, this is the, fl- the flatness of the, that, that final moment when he's defeated Victor Duncan and they're standing outside and and that line comes up again because Rick says to Jake, we are very stupid men. And the, the, it's the flatness of the writing of this that sort of, it, it should be a, a poignant moment. And Jake says, yeah, what are you going to do? It doesn't matter how well Louis Gossett Jr. delivers that line. It's just a terrible line. And one kid says, who do you think you are in the crowd? And um, Arturo, that's the Latino kid that's helped fix uh, Rick's bike, says, he's the principal man. Yeah. And Rick says, I'm the principal man. And that's it. That's the end of the, that's the, end of the movie. And that, it, it's just that final exchange after everything dramatic that's happened. Mm. We just end on this sort of flat, damp squib where it just regurgitates what somebody else has said and Jake said yeah what are you going to do like yeah just like shit could happened. have been worse he could have got on his motorbike rode into the sunset rode into <laughs> the sunset yeah yeah but uh, but yeah do you have any sort of final thoughts about uh, um, the principal Peter I don't know if so I, I think it's fair to say there's a, a mixture of tones and some of it doesn't quite gel and and, and obviously you're, you you set up the a potential love interest between with Lady Lady and, and, Chung, and yeah. yeah, and you know so that she's, doesn't ring right as well. well she's attacked, she's, isn't yeah. she? And then and then he goes round, and there's a mixture between he's coming round to genuinely check up on her and see she's okay, but it does then just go into a flirty, let's have dinner, you know, sort of hitting on someone who's the victim of a recent. That's creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's it, that's odd. And it's like again, it's all. She's well out of his league. <laughs> let's, let's be honest about it. Make Don Chong. Well, I suppose it, is, it was quite... Oh, I suppose... It, is it heavily implied or is it stated that she's going to stay? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think she, she's, she changes her mind, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. She turns around. But I suppose at that point when she says she's got a job and she's moving um, and he just sort of... I think he just closes the door sort of thing. I suppose that's quite interesting because it can maybe take away the love interest motivation... And so that strengthens his change in that what happens later is purely for the school. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite good. 
Yeah, I just I just look back on it and I think I want I want it to be more gritty than it is, or maybe more goofy than it is. Mm. I, and uh, you know, in, in my memory, I, I want to leave the principal in my memory with that montage, which I think is a fantastic montage with Strafe set it off. That's so iconic, I think. You know that that piece of music with the the rest of the music sort of falls well, flat. Well, there, there was one bit of music I thought is that Elton John. I thought I had to check it. It wasn't. Yeah, but it sounded a bit. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I want to leave it with Jake Phillips kicking <laughs> ass in the in the corridors of that high school. I think that 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 that's what I like about this movie. And like the Belushi stuff, just feels like a massive bolt on. I think in many places. But uh, but yeah, it's a it's a very uh, uneven, an unequal, and um, inco- incoherent film. I think. And I think uh, yes, it's Kalimba of crime. Probably about quite. Was it Roger Ebert that said this? Wasn't it not? Because because they disagreed, didn't they? Yes, but uh, yeah. the the points of violence sit jar jar with the rest. I want a violent. I want a violent film. I don't. I don't want the goofy Jim Belushi stuff. I want. I want. You know. I like a bit of violence, in films that is. <laughs> but I want. I just feel like I want this to be more gritty than it is, and that's how I remembered it being. But uh, but yeah, it's interesting. An interesting film to revisit and. Uh, Makes me want to watch young, uh, young Guns again, actually. I think, you know, maybe Gone Fishing. I might dig, see if I can dig Gone Fishing out. The, go, the go Frank Diesel's the, ne- the next Karate Kid. The, the next Karate The, the uh, Bonsai Tree Shop, is that? Yeah, I think so. I watched that fairly recently because my kids are into Karate Kid, so we watched all of, the, all of the films other than the dreadful Jackie Chan. I like that. Do you like that one? I really like it. Because <laughs> they, they are little kids Sorry. as well. So you are, like, shouting for, like, Fights and stuff, and you realise, hang on, I'm, I'm, I'm egging on kids beating each other up, and they're actual <laughs> kids rather than thirty-something-year-old. There's a whole genre, kids. isn't there? Like in American cinema, kids beating kids up, or kids getting beaten up by adults. It's a bit weird when you think about it, really. I, I think that's a bit more weird than Latimer with his binoculars, perhaps mm. doing like slow. Yeah. Ah, good time. Slow in a high school. Ah. <laughs> so I think I think we've uh, we've done, Pete. Should we say tatty bye? Tatty bye. Tatty bye, kids. Tatty bye, kids.